0: And welcome to Torah Talks, Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. And tonight we have a very special guest, a very dear friend of Chazak of ours, Mr. Steven Savitsky. Welcome to the program. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to see you again. You're it's both. been a long time, Would look, you look great. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. You look even better. <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining us uh, on our platform, on our program, uh, Torah Talks. And we're going to be speaking tonight about your newest publication that just came out, Kansipur, Life's Magic Moments, when to recognize them. And uh, really looking forward to this topic. But before we get to tonight's topic, if you can let our audience, our broad audience know a little bit more about yourself, a little bit of background and the great work you're involved with and have been involved with.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Well, look, fortunately, I've had the great schus to be involved in um, community work and cloud work for many, many, many decades, literally uh, almost all my life, and uh, I'm also very fortunate that I also have been blessed by a Kaddish Baruch Hu with a very nice harnasa, so I never had to depend on the Jewish community to make a living, which uh, I'm not so sure I would really want to do. But I, but uh, but I am I am blessed because I always looked at it as a tremendous opportunity to serve Klal Yisrael and work for the Jewish people as much as I can. So in that capacity. I have to say, since you live in Garden Hills, uh, one of my old neighborhoods, when I first got married, that's where I lived. And I had the great, 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 great privilege of building the area of Garden Hills, along with two very good friends of mine, Mr. David Kuhl and uh, Steve Orlau and also Rabbi Peretz Steinberg. We were so to actually come up with the idea, think of the idea, work on it. For many, many, many years in Kew Garden Hills when I first got married and I moved there and I saw how Shabbos could be so enriched, I, I, I asked all the rabbis to please let's build an eruv. Got to the point where my wife said, when the rabbis see you in Kew Garden Hills, they cross the street. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And so we worked. But we worked, we worked, and we did unbelievable things. We got permits. We went to Broadway maintenance. We did things that were amazing. And it turned out because of that, of course, we built the Erev. It was the first Erev ever in a major metropolitan area the whole way how we I built it. I believe Rav Moshe Feinstein was involved. In, That's not- right. Rav Moshe was involved. I personally took him around with Rav David Full to the Erev, up and back, all along the Van Wick and so on and so forth. A fantastic, fantastic opportunity. He gave us the letter, which is a famous letter. He actually sent Rav Shuman Aida Zatzal to be the person who would help us with it. But once we finished it, not only did it change the whole Kew Garden Hills, it changed America. Because literally at that point, every other community, we were like besieged by other communities. Could you come and help us? Forest Hills, Hillcrest, so on, Bayswater, all kinds of places in Queens, Chicago, and and you name it, every place in the world wanted to have. And today it's unbelievable. I go to the smallest little Jewish communities, Kansas City, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. And I asked the rabbi, You have an Arab? He looks at me like, What do you mean? What do you mean? Of course we have an Arab. Who doesn't have an Arab? But anyway, Baruch Hashem, that was something, one of the first things that I was had to do was was to be the president of the Arab. And even to this day, as a matter of fact, because after it was built, I spent the next five years on Fridays, I would check it just to make sure it was okay. So even today, when I drive with my wife on the Van Wick Expressway, she always says to me, could you look at the road? Stop looking. I said, I have to look at the lehi. I have to see if it. it's okay. I can't stop it. But anyway, Baruch Hashem. I was involved. We have in to give a shout out
0: to your grandson, Rabbi Ashishar, a dear friend of ours. Who That's right. Updated
1: the exactly, exactly, earlier. exactly. And he called me to tell me how, how proud he was because he really did a beautiful job. Anyway, that was one of the things that I started to do. And then I lived in Kewbarn Hills. I did many, many other things in the shul, Yongeville, Queens Valley, and so on. But I really started to get involved. Uh, not just on a local level, but also on a national level, and an international level. And I was uh, was very much involved with um, with the Orthodox Union, the OU. And after years of being chairman of this and chairman of that and vice president and so on, I had the great, great, great choice to become president of an incredible organization. And I was president and chairman of the board literally for, um, for almost 11 years. And um, those years were really amazing. And there's no organization like the OU for what they do, for everything, you name it, from N.C.S. White to Yachat to, to Washington to Kashkashun, anything that you want to know with the cloud. So that really was a fantastic opportunity for me to travel the world, see people, meet kings and, and princes and, and prime ministers and you name it and so on, really be really osik in, in, in the world of Judaism. And and it was, for me, it was a great great schuss. Along the way, also, I... I also was very interested in an organization called Partners of Torah, and I've been chairman of that for over 20 years. And to me, it's, uh, it's incredible. It just makes a lot of sense, and it hurts me and pains me to see what's going on in America, assimilation, intermarriage. And, and everybody does a great job. I mean, Chabad and you guys and Aish and NCAA, everyone does a great job, but the bottom line is we lost. The numbers don't make sense. I'm a, I'm a finance guy, okay? I can tell you right now the balance sheet doesn't look good for every person we bring back, we lose 10. Partisan Torah is one of the few places I know where now we're scaling it because of technology. My goal is to have hundreds of thousands of from Yudin, hundreds of thousands of Orthodox Jews now on the phone once a week for a half hour with somebody who yet has not learned Torah. It's the most scalable program in the whole world because it doesn't cost that much money. A few million dollars, we run the whole organization. We could do hundreds of thousands of people. It changes people's life. And I went around personally in my own community. I have well over a 1,000 people in the five towns today who learn Torah once a week with somebody out there. And they'll tell me, you know, like Rabbi Gewertz, who was the founder of Partners in Torah, used to say, when people used to ask him, so how many people did you make from, how many people did you make religious?' He'd say, I don't know, but I made every mentor religious. <laughs> that's also important. I made every mentor religious. And so I've been involved in that organization, rosha Barubo, completely involved with it. Also, of course, my own community, I've been the chairman and the president of the Varakashas of the five towns in Farakoy for over 20 plus years, and now part of a presidium. Uh, you know, tremendous what we did there, uh, the work that goes on. And uh, I also now am president. I mean, I've been on the board of the board of, uh, you know, uh, the, the board of the, uh, Uh, you know, uh, highest, I've been on the board of uh, the Jewish agency, et cetera, et cetera. I'm very much involved now in the president of an incredible foundation. It's called the Benetzion Foundation. It's been around since 1912. It was a very secular organization, and I had the great honor. They asked me to become the president of it. And we have many, many projects in Israel, including a hospital in Haifa called the Benetzion Hospital, nursing homes and everything. But more important than that, we have transformed now. We have a wonderful, wonderful CEO, a guy named Ari Lam, the grandson of Rabbi Norman Lam, of how. He's a brilliant, unbelievable thinker. And we have gone into a whole new realm, basically to work with influences to try to take those people, we call them Gen Z, ages 15 to 30, and how do we get them to understand that Judaism is not just an ancient book, but it's something living, and also Israel is important, and that we have a right to the land of Israel. Just this past week, I know I'm talking a lot, but i got to tell you about oh, something. This just, so just this past week, we did something with a woman you never heard of. Her name is Montana Tucker. You can look her up. She's a TikTok star. She's a dancer, and she's a singer. Happens to be Jewish. You wouldn't know. Her great grandparents were killed in the Holocaust. We brought her to Auschwitz wow. to do a TikTok program. It's 10 Three minute segments basically about her rediscovering. She went with her mother, rediscovering what happened to her grandparents, wow. her great grandparents. It hit the wires and it hit the hit the TV. We we, we 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 released it this past week because of what's going on with Kanye West and all the anti-Semitism. Good Morning America picked it up. And she was on Good Morning America. She she has only nine million influencers that listen to her, okay? And she said, in Good Morning America, she said. Of all the things we've ever done, this is the most important. So we're, we're, and I tell you, the audience that we're reaching, half of them don't even know what the Holocaust is. Wow. So they, we, 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 think we have, we have a, a division of our company in B'nai Tion called Soul Shop, S-O-U-L Shop, and we are producing all kind of TikTok, Instagrams, movies, you name it, for that population. And it's exciting as anything. And we're going this next week, God willing, the reason I'm going Israel because we in our hospital in Haifa, the B'nai Tzion hospital, really literally on the firing lines of Hezbollah and Lebanon. So because of that, we had to build an underground hospital. Wow. An underground hospital to protect the people who are there. And also, God forbid if there's any nuclear attack. We've been building we've been working on it for five or six years, building it, raising the money, and finally, God willing, it's going to it's open wow. and we're going to have a dedication and I'm going to speak the dedication. So As you can see, I am pretty busy on breakfast. I'm involved in a lot of things. I try to do things that I consider to be transformative to the Jewish people. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to get involved in things where people are arguing all day and all night. I want to get involved in things that could literally change change the world. So that's a little bit about who I am, what I've done.
0: This is music to our ears. This is why I'm so excited to have you on the program because we're also always looking to make things happen and to change the world and make the world a better place. All I have to say is wow. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: very, very impressive. That's what I have to
1: say about Chazak. Wow.
0: Because <laughs> you guys are a wow. Okay. <laughs> from strength to strength. So uh, how in the world did you have time to write a new book? I guess uh, you'll tell us, but before you tell us about that, Tell us a little bit more about the book and uh, why you published it uh Kan Sipor
1: let's jump okay into it. so look here's the thing: The Torah is a Shira it's 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 a, a song, and God wrote the song, and he gave us the ability to help compose it and to help elaborate it on it and therefore, when you look at something in the Torah, you and I are god's partners we have the we have the ability to look at a puzzle to look at something and try to find new meaning to it. As you know, the Torah is called a pardes. It's a garden. shot, remez, drush, and so different levels to the, to the understanding it. And I myself, because I love to learn Torah and I love to teach Torah, I, when I came across one particular mitzvah in the Torah, I was baffled by it. I just don't understand it. Honestly, I didn't understand it. And that's the mitzvah, what we call the Shiluah haken, shiluah hakan, the kantipur. Let me explain it very simply. It's in Pashas Kitzeseh in the Torah, in, in the book of Devarim. And the Torah has its only two, two lines. It's very simple. It says, you're walking around one day, you're walking someplace, you happen to see a mother bird hovering over its little chicks or its eggs. And you want to take the mother bird, you want to take well, you want to take the chicks. So the Torah tells you, look, if you want to take the chicks, what you do is send away the mother. And when the mother is far away, you can take the chicks. And the Torah, the way it describes it, is it says, ki yikarei when you happen to find it. Now, you and I know that in the Torah, probably the most important thing is what I call preparation. We prepare for everything. All week long, we're preparing for Shabbos. The Kohen Gadol goes out seven days before. The Shalosh Hashmei, Everything that we do has preparation. 30 days, We're always going in. We prepare, we prepare, we prepare. We prepare in this world for the next world. So how is it that the Torah tells us this mitzvah of like, Ki no, you can't prepare. The Gemara Chulun tells us, you can't prepare for it. It happens by itself. So I'm going like, that's crazy. I mean, like, I don't understand it. Why is that? That's one thing. Second of all, the Torah also tells you Your great rewards. It's going to be good for you. You're going to feel good. And because of that, you're going to have a long life. So I'm trying to say to myself as I'm looking at this, but I don't understand this, first of all. If you go around and you speak in an audience, you see that 90% of the people never even did this mitzvah. Maybe 10% did the mitzvah.
0: I had this for the record. Okay, so
1: maybe 10% did the mitzvah, 90% didn't. So I'm saying, what is God? God gives you this incredible mitzvah, and all the rabbis tell you it's like a a mitzvah kala. It's simple. I always say, by the way, that it's not a Jewish mitzvah. You know why? Because it doesn't cost any money. I mean, (laughs) when do you have a mitzvah that doesn't cost any money? So you have this mitzvah. And it doesn't cost you any money, and the reward you get for it is You feel good. yamin, You're going to have long days. What is the? What is the? Why did God decide to put this in the Torah? I mean, so would it be? I know your password when I came in was six thirteen. Would it be so bad if we had six hundred and twelve mitzvahs? We would have tayyab. We would have been okay also. We would have had songs about it. We would have done fine. Why do we need this mitzvah? It's it doesn't fit in with like, okay, you want, I understand you have a mitzvah. You want to know how to, how, to, how to drink your wine on Friday night. You want to know how to keep Shabbat. I understand those. Those are all very essential. But what does this, is there any other religion in the world that has a mitzvah like this? No. So why is God giving us the mitzvah? So I said to myself, there's got to be a reason for it. And so I studied a lot and I asked a lot of questions. And finally, I said, you know what? I think I have the sewed. I think I found the secret that this particular mitzvah it's not just the Kansipor kind of there, it's life, because you see in every in life we're constantly walking around kiyikare. we find ourselves in many, many different situations, and those situations are, were there. why? Because God sent us there and and all of a sudden there's an opportunity to do something. something happens, you, you can't plan for it, you can't plan for it, and then if you walk away from it you know what, then you lost this wonderful opportunity. And so I started to say to myself, you know, I'm going to call those moments Kansipar moments. They're Kansipar moments in life. And if you take advantage of them, you never know what's going to happen. And so when I started to think about it, and I thought about it a lot, I said, you know, I know that there's got to be something to the mitzvah. And then I myself came across several opportunities, but I want to read you, I found a quote from a great gun, I'm making I'm being sarcastic, okay? A great gun, Sir Winston Churchill. This is what he said. To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified. For that which could have been their finest hour. But uh, once again, he was just mechavein to what the Torah told us, okay? The fact of the matter is, this is what the Torah, and this is what I think the mitzvah is all about. And so once I understood this, and once I understood that there were certain criteria, it wasn't just like, if you know, in order to have, this is not like, okay, this is a hashkacha practice and you feel good and whatever it is. No, there were certain criteria that had to come about. If you wanted to have a kati for a moment, it had to be that it comes upon you unexpected. You can't pay for, it's not a board meeting. We didn't have a retreat, and we came up with a plan. It's totally unexpected. You did not expect it to happen. And also, also it takes us out of our conference zone. Nobody really wants to send away that bird. Who really wants to reach in to send away the bird and so on? There's a conference zone. Something is in front of you. Your Yates it, is it, saying, do this. It's a good idea. And the Yates are saying, no, no, no. Don't bother. What are you worrying about this? Forget about it. Turn around. It's not important. And the third thing was that we don't have anyone to consult. It's not like we have a meeting. We have to decide literally right then and there. And the fourth thing is that if you don't take advantage of it, you'll never get it back again. It's not like, okay, I can get it back. And so those are the criteria. And those are the kind, those are the conceivable moments. And that's why I wrote the book. I didn't write the book because I want to walk a book. I didn't write a book because you know I'm another guy selling a book. I wrote the book because there's a message. And really what I tell people sometimes, I want people, I want people like you and me to become observant Jews. Observe the world around you, and ask yourself a question. What am I doing here at this moment, at this time? Why did God put me here? Right now, I'm in a shul, I'm in a school, I'm on a plane, I'm on a train, I'm on a boat, I'm in Walmart. Why am I here? And if you ask yourself that question, you may look around and find wonderful opportunities. And that's the nature, that's what the book's about. And that's why I wrote the book. And the stories that I have are stories that either happened to me or stories that people told me. Because as I would speak all well over in shuls, you know, I would go to shuls, I'd speak about many topics, and many times I would mention the stories, the kind of stories, and people would come over to me and tell me. And and if, when, what was fascinating to me was that someone would come over to me afterwards and tell me, I think I have a very wonderful story. I'd say, great, what is it? they tell me the story. Most times, of course, they're not necessarily great, but you have to, you know, you have to listen to a lot of stories to get the right ones. That's okay. But I would say to somebody, okay, it's a beautiful story. I love it. How many years ago did it happen? And the person would say, oh, 25 years. I go, what? 25 years ago, this story happened. And you remember it like it happened yesterday. Oh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that story. That moment, I'll never forget that moment in my life. That's what the concept of moment, that's what the book is about.
0: Amazing, amazing. So, Mitzke, Could you give us like a glimpse of one story from
1: within the book? okay.
0: I'm sure there are many, but
1: if one was... There, there, are, there are many, many. And they're, powerful. All, they're, all, they're all absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm going to tell you one quick story. Okay. There's a man, he's on a plane. This, I told the story, and a man called me about six months or seven months after the story, after I, after I spoke. He was on a plane. And this guy was a businessman, he traveled all the time, all, always traveling. And when he got on the plane, the first thing he did is go to sleep. That's the first thing he did. Always, always went to sleep. He comes on a plane and, you know, he's sitting down. He sees this guy next to him. He happens to be doing his dafiyom. He's studying. He wants to finish. Can't wait to go to sleep. And he sees the guy is like looking and looking, you know, okay. You know. And he also sees that the guy is very nervous, unbelievably nervous, shaking his feet, shaking his hands. So, you know, he puts down the Gemara and he says to him, what, you look like you're so nervous. He says, I, you know, you wouldn't believe it. He said, but he said, I travel almost every week. And I can't wait to get off the plane. I'm so nervous. I have to go for business. So I go. So um, he said, really? And the guy said, well, you know, I, saw, I see you're Jewish. You're wearing a kippah. And everything I see, you're studying a book. He said, yes. He said, yes. He said, you know, uh, I understand You know why you could be nervous. After all, nobody really understands what are you doing up there. He says, but, you know, I have a, I have something I could think is a good idea. He said, I have a special little fila, a little prayer that I say. And would you like to listen to it? So the guy said, yeah. So he reaches into his pocket and he has one of those little tefillahs that you get from one of those yeshivas. You know, they send out whatever yeshiva it is, they send it out. He says, look, let me read it in Hebrew and then I'll read it to you in English. Anyway, he reads it to him in Hebrew. He reads it to him in English. And the guy says, wow, thank you. I feel so much better now. He says, OK, would you mind if I go to sleep now? He says, no, go ahead. Anyway, about an hour or two later, whatever it is, the, they're calling the planes already starting to descend. And you know, he gets up, he sees the guy, he says, Oh, how was it? He says, I'm more relaxed than I ever was in my life. I feel like God is with me. I feel so great. Okay. Anyway, they start low and, you, know, you know, they land the plane, they're getting off. And often the guy says to himself, I heard this speech from Steve Savitsky about these for moments. What am I doing on this plane? This guy is next to me, and all of a sudden I give it to Sadera, and so on. He says, I could just walk off the plane right now. It's fine," he says. "But I think there's another reason." So he says to the guy, he "says You know," he says, "I have this little tefilas It has English also. Would you like it?" The guy said, "Really?" He says, "Yeah, please take it. I'll get another one. It's no big deal." He says, "Because maybe this is my concept for a moment. This is what I would. Maybe I, I had to do I'm here. What am I doing here?" He gives him. He gives him the thing, and that's the end of the story. The guy who is the, gave out the gave out the the tefillah uh, sadarach, now starts traveling, maybe about a week or two later, or three weeks later, he reaches into his pocket, and he realizes he doesn't have his tefillah sadarach, he says, oh yeah, yeah, I remember, I gave it to this guy on yeah, the plane, so when he gets off, he calls the place, it was some yeshiva, and he calls, and he says, listen, uh, do you, could I possibly get another tefillah sadarach, and they say, yeah, no no problem, you know, what is it, he says, I'll tell you, it's a crazy thing, he said, but, he said, the reason I don't have it is because I was on a plane, and he tells him the whole story, he tells us. And the lady, the secretary of the receptionist says, you're the guy that gave that man on the plane? That tefillah That he says, yeah. He said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, the man called our office and told us the story, but he doesn't know who you are because you never identified yourself. And the guy said, I don't know who he is either. He said, and, and he, he was so appreciative of it. He sent us a, a beautiful note. And he sent us a check for $25,000. Wow. So then the woman on the phone says to this guy, could we send you a few dozen for your next trip? <laughs> that's a quick story, but that's a kanzi par moment. In other words, he took advantage of that moment. He said, I'm here for a reason. Let me do it. And that's what happened. So that's like one very quick little story oh. in the book.
0: Yeah, but
1: there are many, many other stories. Of, those are kanzi par moments. Because you understand he could never... As he was walking off the plane and he said, let me give him the, let me give him the He could have easily walked off and said, listen, I'm a nice guy. I, I, I did what I had to do. I read the tfilos. I mean, I don't, I'm not doing anything else. But he said, no, no, no. I heard that speech. This could be my conceit per moment. Anyway, that's like Our, a. Quick story. That's a quick story.
0: That's an amazing story, and the lesson Chazak takes out of it is we have to print out Tefillah
1: cards to give you out. Got, no, you got to find this. What you have to do is find this guy and <laughs> the, every organization now wants to give this guy everything. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> let him give out our stuff. Very, very funny. Um, very powerful. Very inspiring. Can't support taking advantage in the sense of the moment and not just not going through the moment, but growing through the moment, making something happen. Uh, right. Uh, there's so many stories on a personal level, and I can imagine our audience could also potentially, um, definitely, have for moments. How does one able to maybe share them with you, uh, uh, potentially for a future book or for you? speech?
1: First of all, um, they could definitely. I know that people don't like to give out their cell number, but I don't really care. So I'll give you my cell number. No way. And I, if they want. And I don't listen. Whatever it is, I'll give you my cell number. You could send me a text. Just call me if you have a story. 516-835-6736, 516-835-6736. Just call me or text me, and I'll be happy to get back to you and talk to you. Because so many beautiful stories have come out of it from people that I've that I've met along the way, and they never ever forget. You know, it's funny because I actually spoke uh, over Pesach. I was in one of the Pesach programs. Where I gave a people speech, and people came over to me in the afternoon. and said to me. We almost had a Kanzi for a moment. I said, wow, what happened? So we were walking on the boardwalk. We were down in, uh, in Long Beach. We were walking on the boardwalk. And there was a little kid that fell. My husband and I, this woman says, my husband and I ran right over, Goes, this could be a Kanzi for a moment for us. And then the kid goes, I'm okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> I said, oh, forget it. We thought we had a great story. I said, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. Let, it. him, let, him, let him text me. I'm happy. I'm happy to get it. No
0: Best way he's texting. Okay. That's the yeah. first. Yeah. We usually get emails. Okay. Very, very. And- well,
1: you want to... H- How do you know? Also, you know what? As a matter of fact, I think it works. I do have an email uh, I guess, yeah, that I put in. I think it works. Um, I don't know. All right. It's okay. They don't, they don't text me. That's, that's good enough right
0: now. That's fine. And uh, the, the books are available in, in Jewish
1: bookstores? The books are available now. It just came out literally a week ago, and they're in all the bookstores. It was published by Feldheim Press, beautiful, wonderful company. And I'm very excited to be part of their their team. And uh, yeah, it's all over now, and and all the places available on their website, available on Amazon. Uh, yeah, and as I said, I I just think the me- so far the feedback I'm getting is unbelievable from people who are like they look they love the stories, but I want them to do more than that. I want them to take a life lesson from the stories.
0: Amazing! It's not just about the story; it's about a lesson. Hundreds and taking exactly right. Uh, Mr. Stephen Savitsky, I gotta tell you on a personal level, I enjoy so much the shirim that you've given to Chazak in the past. This Torah talk in specific is really amazing, very inspiring. We have a minute, we have a custom of one final message for our broader audience. We have received so many gems and we're so impressed at all the accomplishments you have done and continue doing for Halal Israel. But there's one final message you can leave us with.
1: Okay, look, I think there are two messages. One, when you study Torah, understand that you're God's partner. And you, just like I discovered this secret, there are more secrets to be had. It's, it's <laughs> limitless. The amount that Torah is a Mayim, it just keeps going and going. So study it and look at it really deeply and ask yourself a question. Why is this and why is that? Maybe I can come up with some idea. And maybe you too could be Mechadish. You could come up with a new understanding that nobody else ever saw before. And you could try to change the world. Second, as far as the Kansipara goes, I really think, as I said, if you become an observant Jew and you look around and you ask yourself literally every moment of every day, why is God putting me here? Like I said, the stories, some of them, one of them happened to a man who was sitting shiva for his father. One of them happened at a wedding. One happened in the White House in the Oval Office. Don't look around and say, oh, it can't be here. It can't be there. No, it could be anywhere. God, whatever God wants you to be. Take a look around maybe those moments will turn out to be the most wonderful magic moments of your life amazing I love the play on
0: words being an observing Jew very very cute very very nice and very very powerful Mr. Steven Savitsky. we really appreciate your time we appreciate all that you've done and do great. And continue People. continue great work you guys are amazing okay, okay. we really appreciate it we want to thank our uh, partners and everyone uh, watching every single Tuesday night 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because October talks with special guests Uh, We had an amazing tour talk with Mr. Steven Savitsky. Uh, Send us uh, your feedback. Uh, let us know about future guest uh, speakers and rabbis. Uh, we usually have rabbis. We have a few exceptions, like uh, Mr. Steven Savitsky, Charlie Harari, Harry Rottenberg, special Jews. Amazing things that they accomplish and continue doing. Uh, shout out to Torney Time for hosting and broadcasting this uh, platform along podcast, along with many other platforms. DailyGiving.org, a dollar a day goes very very far away. Sia uh, Yomi, uh, Robbie, and the entire Chazak team and staff for all that they do on a daily basis. And uh, we want to thank everyone. Once again, we should see the Gulesh, not a
1: complete redemption. It's your company. i who's mean, stealing our days. I mean, I mean.